Hello, you are listening to the Eugene Life The Tell podcast. In today's episode, we are joined by Jessica Elwell, the director of Love, Inc. We will get to know Jessica. We will learn about a great nonprofit serving Lane County. We will give shout outs to the people and places that make Lane County great. And we will count down the greatest 80s action movies. I am your host, Aaron Stansbury. I am passionate about the lives and the people that make Lane County great. And I am a real estate agent in our area. So if you or someone you know is considering buying or selling a home, contact me, Aaron Stansbury. My information will be in the credits and description of this podcast. We are sitting in my studio located in the Keller Williams office on Suzanne Way in Eugene next to Costco. And we are joined by Jessica Elwell, director of Love, Inc. of Central Lane County. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Erin. Absolutely. So, Jessica, before we talk about Love, Inc., tell us a little about who you are and where you're from. Uh, what makes you the person you are today? Thanks. So I was born on an army base in Monterey, California, but I moved to this area when I was nine days old. So I consider myself an Oregonian um, with just a slight little detour. I grew up in Veneta, so very close to here, and that's where I met my husband. We met in drama at Elmira High and have been together for almost 20 years now. And we have an 11-year-old son, Eli, who is pretty fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of been a journey back and forth between Eugene and Vanita. And I have a background in nonprofit development and event planning. And, uh, that kind of directed me over towards Love Inc. Awesome. Do you remember what the play that you and Evan were working on when you guys first, uh, fell in love? So the play that I knew I was going to marry him Ooh. was, um, that the mouse and the oh he's gonna be so mad that I forgot (laughs) the name of that play but I know that I saw him when I was in eighth grade rehearsing that for the importance of being earnest my eighth grade class went to see the high school rehearsal on a field trip (laughs) and I told one of my best friends I was like who is he he's so cute and she goes "Ooh, that's my brother's friend (laughs) and here we are (laughs) That's awesome. Are you still friends with, I guess that would be your sister-in-law. So I would hope you're friends with her. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, so there are love inks worldwide. Um, each have their own 501 C three, uh, nonprofit status and are independently ran and Lane County has a lot of great nonprofits. So why does Lane County need like a love Inc.? Yeah, each Love, Inc. affiliate kind of has their own area of focus. And so some have adopted things like human trafficking or or things that are really prevalent in their communities. And for us, our focus is poverty. And so that can be generational poverty, which is it's really a, a big issue here in our area. But it can also be things like situational poverty, where, you know, something like Symantec shuts down and people who have the best of plans and intentions are suddenly in a situation where they never thought they be faced with. Uh, it could also be things like relational poverty, where um, we work with a lot of widows who whose children have moved away and they just um, don't have the connections in the community to be able to get the resources that they need. That's great. So I'm, so I'm on the board. So full disclosure, I'm on the, the, the board of Love, Inc. And uh, we are so happy that, um, that Jessica came on board about a year and a half ago as our uh, director. Um, one of the things that I love about Love, Inc. is that we 
you know, Lane County has a lot of uh, nonprofits and we don't set out to duplicate any, any of those, um, in any of the services that are already done. Um, but what we do is we, we find what we call gap ministries or, or just, um, gaps in what our, our community has. So last year we, we, we found something with, uh, with beds in our community. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there's a large need uh, in the community for beds uh, specifically. So one of the calls that we get frequently is from parents whose children are nesting on piles of clothing instead of sleeping in a bed. And it's really difficult to think of the expectations that are put on children. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they could possibly succeed in school if they're not even getting a good night's sleep. And so in our effort to support these families as best we can, it is to get them into a bed and get a restful night's sleep. And uh, for the last year and a half, we had a wonderful warehouse where members of the community would donate furniture, beds, couches, tables, and things like that. And we were able to get those at no cost out into the hands of families that needed them, families that are transitioning out of experiencing homelessness and families who are just struggling a little bit to get things to come together. And in October, we lost that warehouse space and we've been very blessed to find a temporary storage solution, but that is starting to come to a close. And um, we're just really hoping and praying that a solution will come through because over 150 local families received furniture last year Mm. because of that ministry. So we know that the need is there and that's a 20% increase over the previous year. And we're expecting the same increase this year. So we want to make sure that we're still able to make that same tangible impact that we did last year. So I'm hearing that there's a need for a a warehouse space. Um, So if any of the listeners know of somebody or that maybe themselves have a uh, warehouse space that they're not using. Um, this could be a great opportunity to, um, to serve our community in a real tangible way. Um, I mean, really serve hundreds and hundreds of people, um, as well as, uh, probably get a little bit of a tax, uh, tax break potentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, Keep your keep your eyes and ears open for um, warehouse spaces that are available, and uh, you can contact Jessica um, through uh, their website, which I'll give later, and it'll be in the credits. Um, so, other than a uh, a warehouse space, um, what are some needs that Love Inc. has at the moment, and uh, how would how would meeting those needs today help our community? One of the largest needs that we have is for ride givers. We provide a lot of rides for the elderly and people with physical limitations who are unable to get rides elsewhere. And you mentioned earlier that our focus is not to duplicate services. So there are wonderful programs in our community like RideSource that gives these medical rides. But for procedures like colonoscopies that are medically necessary and come up frequently, someone has to stay with that person while they're getting the procedure done. And those other local programs aren't able to meet that need. And so that's where our volunteers come in. So we have volunteers that are able to give people rides to these appointments. They wait for them and they make sure that they get home safely. But we are limited in capacity and the need is growing and we have a wonderful VA facility here. And so there's a lot more opportunity to serve now. And so we do need more volunteers who are able to give up a couple hours a month. Um, I think the last statistic I saw is that people spend two hours a day on social media. And if someone could give two hours a month to serve someone in that situation, it'd, it'd make a real difference in the community. 
Wow. So that's a real tangible need that um, anybody with a car um, and can pass a, a background check is probably going to be able to uh, really help people who need it. And again, it's something that nobody else is providing. So without yes. it, um, people are in a real pickle. That's uh, that's tough. Um, so I, I know that there is a an, an auction coming up, a dinner auction. Um, it's coming up on February 21st. Do you uh, Do you want to give a little plug about that? Yeah, we'll be holding our second annual Dreams Come True Dinner and Auction, and that is is on February 21st, and it's going to be at First Baptist of Eugene, and that is an opportunity for businesses to host a table and participate in that evening. We'll have a silent auction. Um, we have some games and presentations and drawings set up for that, so it's looking like it's going to be a really great time. We're excited about the businesses who are already on board, and um, there's definitely an opportunity for others to come and take part in that evening. It should be a really great night. Great. So if, if uh, a business owner is listening to this right now, is there a way that they can uh, get involved? Yes. So they can either host a table and it's a table for eight and there's various sponsorship levels available to them. They can also come as an individual tickets to the event are $35 and that includes uh, the admission, dinner, desserts, and, and that. And then they can also give an item to the auction. So if they're, they have a business that could do a gift certificate or a basket, that would be a huge help also. Oh, very cool. So, um, the Dream Come True Dinner and Auction is on February 21st at 6 p.m. held at First Baptist Church of Eugene. Uh, tickets are limited and are only $35 a piece. Or table sponsorships are $300 for a table of eight. Um, you can buy tickets and or donate um, to Love Inc. at www.loveinclanecounty.com. That's L-O-V-E-I-N-C-L-A-N-E-C-O-U-N-T-Y. Um, before we transition to the next portion of our podcast, it's uh, time for a free commercial. Buck Buck Food Cart in Eugene has the best fried chicken in town. They are located in the Oakshire parking lot, so go enjoy some d- delicious chicken and waffles or chicken and a biscuit today. The Buck Buck Food Cart is in the Oakway p- Brewing parking lot. Chicken is available as either their special traditional or as spicy. So the idea of this podcast is to celebrate the good things and the good people that make up our Lane County community. Um, In today's podcast, we're implementing a new segment where we nerd out and take a look a little deeper into the lives of our guests by discussing something that they enjoy um, in this format. Today, we are getting a little nerdy with Jessica Elwell of Love, Inc., and we are talking about her passion of 80s action movies. Uh, Jessica, um, what is it about 80s action movies that you love so much, and how long has this been something you've enjoyed? Okay, so first, I think it's awesome <laughs> that you let me pick something that I was excited about, and for you to say something you're passionate about, and I'm sure there there is a logical answer, but <laughs> what I'm passionate about is terrible 1980s action movies, if I'm going to be real. And my dad and I would watch TBS reruns all the time together. That was it. our jam. So we would watch Professional Wrestling, we would watch Murder, <laughs> She Wrote, and then we would watch all the 80s movies on TBS. And so that just from the time I was little to now has been something I love. And so my dad passed away a few years ago, and it's just really stuck with me. And these movies um, may not be terribly heartwarming, but they make <laughs> me fuzzy, and I love them. I love it. What a cool way to honor your father also. Um, I've been, uh, I was told that this has been something that the world has needed is your view on 80s action <laughs> movies. So I'm really glad that we get to put this out in a, um, in a downloadable way. 
So typically, I would create my own uh, top five list, and I would compare with our special guests. But in this case, I have no business creating an official 80s, uh, best 80s action movie list because I haven't seen most of these movies in over 10 years. And if I have it all, to be honest, um, or in my research, it was also hard to find any of them that are currently streaming. Um, they aren't on very many streaming devices. Um, before we have Jessica start her top five action movies, I wanted to give an honorable mention and allow Jessica to do the same. Um, this 80s action movie would have been on my list, but um, did not make Jessica's. Uh, it is uh, a 1988 movie directed by John Carpenter. Let me know once when, when you figure out who you already know what it is. Possibly. And stars the late, great Oregon resident, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, this movie has some of the best movie quotes of all time. Like either, like either put these glasses on or start eating the trash can. Um, or the most famous, um, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. <laughs> and I'm all out of bubblegum. Of course, I'm talking about the movie They Live. Um, Jessica, do you have uh, do you have any that you would like to mention that maybe did not make your top five list? I do have some honorable mentions. <clears throat> Let's hear them. So I've got 1987's Predator, and that didn't make my list for the reason that it's fighting aliens, and I wanted to go. keep this list very earthbound. Okay, so okay, I like that. Then I've got Terminator, which is 1984. Arnold's getting some love in the honorable mentions. Yes, I like this. But I bumped it for my number five choice, Ooh, so he, okay. it didn't make the cut. Um, we've got Adventures in Babysitting, which oh. I think needs to be on someone's list because it's got so many weird elements, but it's just a little too campy. But I feel like Elizabeth Shue needed some credit. I watched that so many times growing up. I did not even consider that um, uh, to be on this list, but it would have made my top mm -hmm. five had I thought of it. Then A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, mm. which... I feel like it is horror, but there's a lot of action, and it's so weird that it, it could go either genre. And then Star Wars Empire Strikes oh, Back. absolutely. I mean, it, that's hard. But that's technically, if we're going to get real, a space opera, oh. not an action movie. So I feel <laughs> like it would have been a little gray to add it to the list. Okay. Oh, well, I'm glad you mentioned those. And I'm glad you mentioned Arnold. Um, if I could throw a couple more Arnold movies out that I Ooh, rented yes. all the time, um, and that's both Conan movies. Yes. Okay, so I I, rem I have very vivid memories of um, being at Kim's Video in St. Helens, Oregon, and uh, renting the Conan movies probably every other month for about three years. Um, I watched those so many times, and I have not seen them in – Man, probably 20 plus years. Um, so I need to check those out. And I couldn't believe how old they were. They're older than I am. Yes. Um, I guess one of them's 84 and I was born in 83. But holy cow. Um, those are great. I have so many awesome memories. And I don't think I probably remember anything about the movie other than like just a few scenes. Because uh, oh, I was sword. young. Yeah, the sword. It's like and the like, greatest part of the movie. And there was a hawk, right? Mm -hmm. And the hawk, the hawk is for some reason the part that stands out to me in those movies. Um, so I'm glad we did mention Arnold because he had so many great in the 80s uh, with the, the Conans, Terminator, Commando, Predator. Um, all those um, need to be mentioned. I love that they frequently tried to pass him off as like an American special ops kind of guy, <laughs> yeah. like our all American guy who never even tried to drop the accent. Yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm American. That is so good. Awesome. Well, so now we're ready for the top five. Um, 
You want to give me your number five on the list? Ooh, and I do not know in. the order of these, so okay. I'm, I'm interested to see how this turns out. Number five on my list is Over the Top, Over 1987, the... starring Sylvester Stallone. And I, in preparation for this, it was easy to get my top five. <coughs> and mm-hmm. then I went back and kind of looked at some of the, the facts and notes. The Wikipedia description of this movie <laughs> is so golden. It has to be read. The main character, played by Stallone is a long-haul truck driver who tries to win back his alienated son while becoming a champion arm wrestler. <laughs> How is that not the greatest thing ever? That is so good. I love it. So, yeah, when I was a kid, when it was go time, we were out on the playground and it was like, you know, doing an epic battle. You turn the hat around and you go Lincoln Hawk. <laughs> this movie is just the best. So, yes, he had to be number five on the list. That's awesome. Um, I you know, as I was looking into this, I don't have much to add other than um, Rotten Tomatoes only gave it a 40. Um, Prime. But the, the wild thing is that Google um, gave it a 94%. Mm. So, I mean, that's a, that's a huge, you know, discrepancy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would give Google the, uh, um, the edge on, on, on rating this correctly. Um, what is your number four? Number four is Roadhouse, 1989 with Patrick Swayze. As Dalton. Yes. yes. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave that a 38. Again, very, very poor rating, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes is not right. They have a lot of trolls on that website. <laughs> um, let's, do, you have, do you have any, uh, what's your favorite thing about this movie? My favorite thing about this movie is the scene where Tinker gets attacked by the stuffed polar bear that's coming at him and he's shooting at it and he's just backing up in a straight line. It's a giant stuffed polar bear. All he would have had to do, right or left, either way, polar bear falls and smashes him and then he has to explain to the authorities that he got crushed by a polar bear. It's perfect. That's awesome. My uh, Growing up, my, my cousin Brian, um, this was one of his favorite movies growing up. And uh, so I kind of think of him when, uh, when, when talking about this movie. Um, do you, so would you say that's probably your favorite scene? or My favorite scene, because I have loved Sam Elliott from birth. Yes. My favorite scene is when he rolls up at the double deuce and goes to break up the whole fight when they're trying to stop the liquor delivery. And he puts his hair in a ponytail to signify <laughs> that he's ready to fight. It's so great. Is this the scene where he goes, um, cause I was looking for quotes for this and, and this one just really stuck out. Um, and I'm going to, uh, edit it because, um, Sam Elliott has a potty <laughs> mouth. A man puts a gun in your face. You got two choices, stand there and die or kill the MFR. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the scene. Yes. yes. Oh man. I love it. Um, and Sam, so I hear rumors and maybe, uh, maybe a listener can tell us, but I hear rumors that Sam Elliott has a home in Eugene and Brownsville uh, area. in the Brownsville yeah. area. Okay. That's good. No, I've always wanted to run into him. Yes. Um, he, he frequents a local grocery store. Oh, does and, he? Yeah. Don't, don't give, don't I've, give out nope. his, uh, his, no, I've run into him a couple times really? and tried so hard not to be a creep. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. Um, all right. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to to share about that movie, or no? You, you want to jump to number three? Yeah, let's go to number three. So num- your number three, I, I I was wrong. I think I do have your list, at least in the way that I have it written, and it would have made my top five also. Good. This is I love this movie, um, but let's uh let's hear it. Lethal Weapon. Yes. Nineteen eighty seven. Yes. Yeah, this movie is so classic because <clears throat> it has 
the buddy cop element, which is great. It has this really beautiful American family piece with Murtaugh's family. Mm. Um, it's overcoming this incredible loss that Riggs suffers, working mm. through his wife's death, overcoming his desire to kill himself, and finally through this partnership, decides not to kill himself. And in that final scene on Christmas, he gives the <laughs> bullet to Murtaugh. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so good. And of yeah. course, we're talking about uh, Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs and Danny Glover as, as Roger Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. And I think that movie comes with one of the most iconic lines ever. The I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's so good. Um, so something I, 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 well, first off, Rotten Tomatoes got this one right by giving it an 83. It mm-hmm. actually gave Lethal Weapon 2, which would have qualified also, um, as a as an 80s action movie from 1989 and it's it also scored an 83 um lethal weapon actually there was so they end up having four lethal weapons over the years there's talk of a fifth one and and they even had a uh, short-lived tv show yeah um it's and it was just a few years ago i never did watch it um Something I thought was kind of interesting is so Richard Donner um, ended up directing all four mm-hmm. um, of the Lethal Weapons. But the, do you know? Do you have any idea who they offered it to originally? Oh. So this this is he's known as an actor. Okay. You would see him at a lot of comic cons. Um, he directed also Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which is a very big hint. Um, the Voyage Home, Star Star Trek uh, Four. And three men and a baby, and then he turned down uh, directing *Lethal Weapon* to concentrate on *The Good Mother* in 1988. No, Leonard Nimoy, pretty wild. I feel like the movie could have taken a real weird turn yeah. if it had been a Nimoy film. I was surprised that he did three men and a baby. Also, mm-hmm. like I thought that was really strange. Right? Have you heard his album? No, he has an album. Yes. <laughs> oh man, highly recommend it. Oh, that is awesome. I will. I will definitely look that up. Um, Man, I don't know how to how to figure that out, but I'd love to maybe put a put thirty seconds on this podcast. That could be fun. He's singing, I assume. Yeah. Oh, what, oh my goodness! Okay, it's, it's a little seventies folk music kind of jam. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Oh my goodness! All right, so and we are are we on to is this number one? Number two. This is number two. Oh, there we are. Number two. Yes, number two, possibly the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Die Hard, there 1988. You go. So, as I, you know, as I was doing my research, I looked up, you know, as many 80s action movies lists as I could possibly do, and it is almost always number one. Yeah. Um, in fact, a lot of critics say that this is this movie is the perfect movie movie with no wasted scenes. Yes. Um, I am uh, really disappointed to say that I haven't seen this in a, in a very long time. And, uh, and I, and I really expected to be able to watch it, but it's on like stars and I don't, I'm not going to pay for stars. I have no reason <laughs> to pay for stars. Um, but n- no, uh, no streaming devices actually have Die Hard right now. Um, and it of course also has the, in my opinion, the most famous edited scene for TV. Do you know what yes. I'm talking about? yippee ki Melon Farmer. Melon Farmer. <laughs> So good, I love that. Um, so tell me, tell me about this movie and why uh, um, Bruce Willis is incredible. He as, is incredible. Yeah. So his fight to try and reconcile his marriage, you know, this like one man army taking everyone out, and the creativity in mm-hmm. which they do the death scenes in this movie is 
second to none. You know, strapping explosives to an office chair and launching it down an elevator shaft to blow up a floor. (laughs) It's so ridiculous in the amount of carnage that he creates. Wow. The building shouldn't even be standing when he's done with it. And the fact that one man could do that is impossible, which makes it perfect. Speaking of the building, do you know about this building? No. So this building, the reason they use this building in L.A. is it's actually the current Fox building in L.A. And so they they filmed in this building because they owned it. That's Um, awesome. And not only did they own it, but it was still being built. So they were able to to do whatever they wanted in this building. Um, So a lot of people would say it's one of the stars of the movie. And um, it's still owned by Fox. And it's still where people have offices in Fox. And I'm sure things are filmed there right now. But, yeah, it's the current fox building um the uh um the other thing i thought was interesting about this was that um before this bruce willis before he was john mcclain which i went to high school with a guy named john mcclain yeah and it was super cool and i had uh whenever i'd have friends um come and and visit you know from other places and they'd meet him they always like thought that was the coolest thing that his name was john mcclain um Anyways, before that, he was really he wasn't really known for anything other than the the wax the wisecracking guy on uh, Moonlighting. Yeah. So I thought I, I mean he became one of the biggest stars in the world, a lister. You think action yeah. stars? I mean he he earned that spot, and this movie definitely did that for him. And the other one from this, and I think it's a shame that <clears throat> there's an entire generation that will always think of Alan Rickman as Severus yeah. Snape, yeah. which is fantastic. He's incredible mm-hmm. as Snape, but no, he is and will forever be Hans Gruber. <laughs> He's so good in that role and for him to do the bad guy that you kind of root for yeah yeah that's that's talent it's very cool the other thing that's actually really fun about this is uh i don't remember his name in this and i but he is he is the 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 cop in every movie or every tv show like whenever he's on tv he's basically always a cop and it's uh um the the dad dad from from family Family yes Yes. he's always he's always a cop um so I love that he that he's in yeah. this movie, and this is before I think Family Members mm-hmm. or Family Matters, um, and it, like, randomly he'd always be in like other TV shows as um, as like the neighborhood cop, and I always thought that was awesome. Yeah, we saw something recently like on Netflix, <laughs> and he was a cop again. Like, of course he is. I'm so curious, like how that became a thing. Um, if I was writing a movie, I would definitely have him as the cop. All right, and so number one. And I will argue that this is number one of all time, any genre. Wow. This is my absolute favorite movie in the world. Let me, let me pause you. Let me pause you before you do it. It is, it has a 19, it has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes and stars William Shatner as, as TJ Hooker. No, I'm joking. That, that's actually, um, go ahead and say the movie. That is a lie. Yeah. The movie is Bloodsport starring so, so, Jean-Claude. Very good. So there, there was a movie in the 80s named mm-hmm. Bloodsport, but two words. Yes. And it was a takeoff from the TJ Hooker um, TV show. And it has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, where the Jean-Claude Van Damme one has a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes, you're killing me. Yeah, they're to- horrible. All right, so let's hear about this movie. Why is this the greatest movie of all time, not alone 80s action movies? So this movie to me, uh, <laughs> if start to finish, well, let's just say it's terrible. Um, but it's terrible in such a good way. It's like that classic cult movie, kind of like in the way Army of Darkness is. Um, so you've got this based on a true story 
which I've watched the documentary with the real Frank <laughs> Dukes, and I'm going to say very loosely inspired by potential actual events, but it made for a killer movie. <laughs> so you've got this guy who goes, you know, AWOL from his military post, and he's going to go fight for the honor of his sensei in this underground fight ring for the kumite, and he goes up against Bolo Jung, playing Chun-Li in the movie. Bolo Jung is this mountain of a man, <laughs> and his line, you are next, after he finishes one of Van Damme's best friends in the movie, um, it's, it's just perfect. It's everything I want in a movie. Um, it's got the happy ending. It's got a little bit of romance, but not enough to distract from the fighting. Um, yeah, I love it. I love everything about it. That is so good. Um, Jessica, thank you so much for giving us our top five. You want to give a rundown of the top five one more time? Yes. Uh, in counting back order. So at number five, we have over the top. Number four, roadhouse. Number three, lethal weapon. Number two, die hard. And number one, blood sport. So good. Or with any of those movies, is there anything that you would change about them? Mm, that's a really good question. <clears throat> like in a snarky way, I probably would put more Christmas elements in Die Hard because mm. I have to argue with people every year that it's a Christmas movie. Um, but realistically, I mean, I think I could probably cut down on some language because go. I really want to show these movies to my son <laughs> and they just don't rerun on TBS anymore. Mm. And we used to be able to get away with Melon Farmer and now <laughs> you don't get edits. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I want him to grow up with, with the life I got to grow up with. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. Um, well, that, that was your top five. Um, thank you, Jessica, so much. Um, I like to end uh, every um, podcast with giving shout outs to people who are doing something really great in our community. Um, I will, I have two. Um, I'll go ahead and give those and I'll give Jessica an opportunity to give hers. Um, so my first shout out is to my new producer um, of this podcast, Ryan Rosenberg. Um, if you are a podcaster or musician or in the need for a audio producer, contact Ryan. Um, I'll have his info in the credits of the podcast. Um, and then also financialplanning.com. Um, they did a financial planning mag they also have a financial planning magazine that will be out in March um, that had a spotlight on our local financial planner Jesse Coffee and his wife Candace, um, as well as being one of our community's best financial planners. The Coffees have spent um, this year as foster parents of two babies. Um, they are truly a remarkable couple. So if you're looking for a financial planner, um, you won't find a better person to do your work than Jesse Coffee uh, with Sanders Coffee Group. Um, the true private wealth advisors, um, sanderscoffeegroup.com is their website and, uh, um, definitely, uh, contact Jesse if you are in the search for a financial planner. Um, so Jessica, do you have any shout outs that you would like to give out? Yes. So those that know me know that my favorite food on the planet is hot wings. And at any given point, my body is probably 80% hot wing. <laughs> and my favorite wings in town come from Toxic Wings and Fries. And they have recently put in a location on West 11th, mm. which is just a few blocks from my office, which is probably going to be my downfall. <laughs> but if we could all support them in that location, that would be fantastic because we want them to stick around. That is great. Toxic Wings. If you hear this, um, someone tells you about this, um, please go ahead and send um, a dozen um, hot wings over to Jessica at the Love Inc. offices um, in the Living Hope Church um, <laughs> building. Uh, that would be really great and a great way to uh, 
um, show appreciation to one of our uh, true gems in our community and Jessica Elwell. Um, let's see here. Um, please rate and review this podcast. Tell, tell, you, tell us um, where you agree with our list or where you disagree with our top five 80s action movies. Um, remember, the Dreams Come True Dinner and Auction is on February 21st at 6 p.m. at First Baptist Church of Eugene. Uh, tickets are limited, so make sure you buy your tickets as soon as you hear this. Um, they are only $35 a piece, or uh, table sponsorships are $300 for a table of eight. Um, you can buy tickets um, or donate to Love Inc. at www.loveinclanecounty.com. It's L O V E I N C L A N E C O U N T Y. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron. So-